Hello and welcome to Triathlonology, a triathlon podcast by Animus Racing Team. I'm Oliver. And I'm Jackie. We are a mum and son coaching team who have changed our lives through the sport of triathlon. Our podcast aims to break down the mysteries of triathlon training and show you, the listener, how simple and flexible it can be so that it really does become part of your lifestyle and not just a hobby. This is just a brief advert to tell you about our triathlon holidays in Villamora, Portugal. Right, they are on the 15th um, and on the 22nd of April. They run for six days. But if you would like to come from a, for a long weekend, then we can accommodate that as well. You just need to get in touch and we can work out the details. Yes, so all the details of what, when, how and how much are all on our website, www.animisracing.com. The link will be in the show notes or wherever you found us from. And you can click on there, send us an email, get in contact, and we will provide you with all the details. You'll, we've also done a really good podcast about with people on our last um, last holiday, so you'll be able to see how good it really is. You've been listening to us to Witter on about our triathlon experience, but we always say that we are triathlon coaches, and you can be coached by us online. Yep, we use Training Peaks as our um, delivery platform, which is really simple to use. And sessions are delivered direct to your phone or watch or whatever thing that you use the morning of your sessions for more details about pricing how it all works go on our website link is in the show notes or then drop us a message either here or instagram or facebook and we'll get in touch with you thank you hello welcome to another episode of triathlonology I'm Jackie Saxon. And I'm Oliver Saxon. And together we're a Mudman Sons coaching team offering no-nonsense triathlon training and advice based in Yorkshire. What we're going to talk about today are trying to bust some triathlon training myths. And it might not necessarily be how other people would describe as busting them, because we don't necessarily do things the same way as everybody else does them. No, we don't. We've said this before. I think if you've listened to our podcast um, in in the past, you'll know that we don't we we tend to coach a lot different to anybody else. So our ideas are obviously different to everybody else. Yeah. So we're going to talk about some of the main myths that people have been talking about over the last you know month, couple of months, um, both on other podcasts and on um, in our social, training groups, yeah, social, social media, media. Um, Reddit, etc. Yeah. And look at giving you our spin on whether it's actually a myth or whether it's something that we can do um, better with or how we would tackle it in in your training if you were one of our athletes yeah so one of the first ones that we came across was why swimming more won't make you faster well i think that's a bit wrong in that while it might not make you faster it will certainly make you fitter so that you will get to the end of the swim better than you ever did before so is it faster don't know what do you think Oliver? it largely depends on the training that i mean this is where i get to put my lawyer's hat on while i'm doing this so it depends is the answer so will swimming more alone make you faster as a swimmer probably not is the answer will swimming more and mixing up the type of swimming that i'm doing make you faster Yes, absolutely. So not only will you build your endurance, but then in specific speed or heart rate sessions, it will help improve your speed over time and you will get faster by being able to take more better strokes at a higher a higher rate and a higher pace. And you'll be able to 
keep that going for yeah. longer. Yeah. So the answer is both yes and no to that question. Swimming more will make you faster with the right training. Mm. Swimming more might not necessarily make you faster on its own, but it will make you fitter. Mm. And that will make your triathlon overhaul, overall a lot faster. Yeah. So you take your pick there, which one you want to go for. I know what I do, but um, I know what I prefer. And I think, and I know what works because I've, do, I've done it myself. So I can say with absolute certainty that it does work. So I think swimming more will make you faster. Well, get to the, let's say, get to the swim exit faster. What? The next myth is whether running faster is a good or a bad thing for an endurance athlete to do in training, that is. Well, again, it depends. It depends on what time of the year that you're doing this training. It depends on what you are, what session you are doing, how you are doing your session. If you are going out and training and every run you're just running faster and you're training at that same pace all the time, but just a little bit quicker, but no real difference in terms of effort, then no, that ain't going to make you faster. Well, that's not true. Yes, it will make you faster for a short period of time, but then you will soon plateau and you won't get any faster from that. And you'll probably get injured. Yeah. Does running on its it does running in certain sessions during the week or month of, of your training make you faster? Yes, without doubt. So the best way to describe this, I think, is that thinking like that doing endurance running, so running running easy, is going to build your engine, and that the more that you do of that, the bigger that your engine will become, and the more you'll be able to run comfortably for a longer period of time. If you want to increase the amount, the, the speed that you can run at, it's, a, it's hand in glove with doing some sessions that are a bit faster than running easy. Mm. Emphasis on some sessions and not all of the session in those some sessions is running faster. You might want to do some tempo runs. You might want to just do some short efforts. All of those things will have a physiological effect that will either lower the lactate threshold lactate threshold in your blood. It will decrease your heart rate while you're exerting yourself at that over time. It will let your body feel like what it is to run fast so that when you come to an event and you are running fast, you know that you can do this because you have done short amounts of it in your training. Yes. Yeah, exactly right, Oliver. So another thing that we get asked about a lot is um, why easy running is considered as junk miles. Well, we don't consider it as junk no. miles at all. In fact, we would say that probably the most amount of running that you'll do, probably more than 80% of it across a week or across a month is going to be easy because running is the thing that will take its most impact on the body because it is an impact sport. There's nothing to absorb it in swimming. The pool absorbs the impact on the bike, there's no impact because you're pushing down on um, on the pedals. Yeah, running, you are coming into contact with a hard surface, most hard, hard surface, surface, or a treadmill, or some grass, or whatever it is that you're running on, all the time. 
and that will have a physiological effect on the strain that your body can can take yeah but running easy and where it actually is easy not like you're kidding yourself that oh i'm going to you know i can you know i'm going along and this is easy running easy so that you can have a conversation if you can't have a conversation out loud then you're not running easy enough no and i mean this we always you will see world-class athletes when they do their easy runs it is easy and you you think i thought they most were supposed world class, to, most yeah, world class yeah. think, most think i thought they were supposed to be fast but they're doing their easy run and that just shows they know the difference between easy and irony hmm. so and it's that and it's the range between yeah. easy and hard that's the thing that increases your ability to run faster if your range is a lot larger, then you will get faster over time and you won't get as injured. If your range from easy to hard, I'm doing it to the camera again for the readers, but it's yeah. like a very small, a very yeah. small range, then you're going to you're at risk of being in that plateau area again, where you might improve short term, but medium term, you're not going to get anywhere past that. Mm. It's certainly not long term. So running easy is definitely not jug miles. It's the best training that you could possibly do for your running for the majority of the time because it's helping build your um, aerobic capacity, you, but yeah. it's also preparing your tendons and muscles and ligaments for further battering in terms of faster running and more intense yeah. stuff later on down the road. Best example I can give you this is not from triathlon at all. It's actually from football from the football team we support is Liam Palmer who plays yeah um who plays a right back or centre midfield for Sheffield Wednesday and last year in the season 22-23 the pre-season of that um in June he ran 10k every day for charity um, for charity and would post his detail you know his runs on Strava and would stick him on um Instagram Instagram and what have you so you could have a look at what he was doing from a coaching point of view, really easy. So this is an elite athlete playing in League One at the time, but also been an international, an elite athlete who is running at 10, 11 minute miles, gently running around, taking it easy, well below what he is capable of running. Absolutely. And he had his best season he had ever had. He won the player of the year, the players player of the year. Scored more goals. Yep. Even though he's a right back. He was one of the fittest players on the team. Yep. When we needed to win 5-1, he scored the winning goal. And at the end, he was struggling a little bit because he had a um, hernia. hernia problem. But did pick it up until he picked up his hernia issue. He didn't have no muscle, tendon, ankle. He went nearly every you know, present. Ligament injuries. Every week, you could rely on him. Monday, you know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. Liam Palmer were there, bombing up and down. Fit. Easy running. That's what it was. We were not surprised, were we? No, absolutely. We were saying every we were sitting in stand and say, "I bet he's glad he did those miles." Every every Saturday we said that because it was just so obvious, and and you think that is that just proves his point that you don't have to be a racehorse. No, and his easy miles that he'd done in June. June. When he went back to pre-season training in July, man, he was fit as a fiddle and he could handle the volume of intensity that they then needed to do. Mm. And then he could maintain that through the year. So yeah. 
an extreme example because that's a professional athlete, but taking the principle from that, yes, you can run easy the majority of the time. No, it is not junk. It will improve you physiologically in all aspects. Uh, what's this next one then, Oliver, do you think? Um... Why? So people often say, oh, I'm going out and doing my base training and I'm going to go and ride my bike for five and six hours or go and do a long run for three hours. Three hours. If you're in the Northern Hemisphere in the winter, the chances are that it's cold for a start. More often than not, it'll be raining. Or windy or all three. Probably all three. It's not necessarily an environment that you want to go into by choice. Although people will do because they'll go and get the long, slow miles in and then freeze the linking cobblers off while they're riding the back for all this time. And saying, oh, it's all about your claws and whatever. You're... No, it's not. But... Our training philosophy is that training should get more like your event the closer you get to your event. Mm. It's called reverse periodization. Mm. So we don't do long winter miles with our athletes because what we spend the time doing now, and we do it ourselves in our training, yeah. is that we do shorter sessions, more tempo sessions, doing stuff that is opposite to what we're going to do. Triathlon is an aerobic sport for most people. Yeah, I mean, the, the shortest event that we do, which is a, which is a sprint, um, for the majority of people will be well over an hour. And anything over an hour is classified as aerobic. Mm. 70.3 Olympic distance Ironman events, aerobic events. Mm. You can do your speed work and your tempo work in the garage, in the warm now. On the treadmill, on, the treadmill, on your turbo. When it gets to April, May, June, and the weather starts picking up, then you can start doing longer miles outside because it is getting closer to your race day and your training will be more similar to the event that you're going to be doing. Yeah. So it's not necessary to do long, slow winter mileage. There is another way. Yeah, and also, I will also say about this long, slow mileage is that when you, or if you're going three hours on your bike, you know, when you're going to have a coffee stop, what's the point in that? Because all you're going to do is, I know it's social and, and what have you, but it depends if you're training for a race and you're having a coffee stop halfway through, do you have a coffee stop on your race? To misquote Maurizio, sorry, I ain't ever seen uh, um, gym weights on a football pitch. I mean, so, he's, not, he's right in what he's saying, but he's not necessarily right for the logically. But it's the point of principle that like, there ain't a coffee stop on your ride. So why are you stopping? Yeah, all you're doing is getting cold getting and cold. start again. Yeah, having to start again increases your chance of injury, increases your chance of infection. Why? Mm. And you want it for the first half an hour after you've stopped and started up again, you're going to hate it because you're going to be so cold and wet through with sweat and whatever. So, yeah, you might as well just carry it on. Yeah, exactly. They should have been warm. Yeah. So, we digress. Next one the importance of recovery. Now, this isn't really a myth because recovery is really important. But right. what the myth really is that there are no easy days and there are no, no training days if you want to be successful or reach a goal. That's nonsense. There are plenty of easy days because you can only handle so much and the majority of your training should be easy. It is entirely appropriate to have a rest day, you know, if that fits in with your schedule. If you want to have a 
day with your kids, it's a rest day. You don't have to cram something in at five o'clock in the morning so you can get that done before you have to spend the day with your kids. Have a day with your kids. Like, it's triathlon. You're not going to win the Olympics. Yeah, I agree, Oliver. Absolutely agree. If oh. you're feeling a bit tired, have a rest day. It's fine. Feedback to your coach saying, I'm feeling really knackered. Have a rest day. Or we might do an easier day instead of the session that you had planned. Yeah. It's really important to not think I've got to be hard as nails and like granite when I'm going out because... I'm a triathlete. No, it's not necessarily like that. No. Not at all. That is a myth. That is a myth. You can absolutely have rest days. You can absolutely have easy days, particularly if, you know, life's getting in the way or... Things have happened that make you need to take those days. Mm. You don't need to train through it or push on. No, and this is from two people who come from Yorkshire who are built on grit. Mm. Weren't allowed days off from school unless you had your head up chopped off. Exactly. And I brought you up properly. Well, one of the next ones that we're going to talk about is if you increase your power, will that give you a better back split? The answer to that question is, again, yes mm. and no. So yeah. yes, a power, increasing your power and training hard to increase power will give you a better back split. But there are other things that you can do that will also give you a better back split without necessarily training for the back, mm. such as swimming more. If you swim more and you get out of the swim exit feeling fresh or fresher than you would do normally, then you will have a better bag because you will not spend the first half an hour hyperventilating, trying to catch yourself back up from exerting yourself in the swim. Yeah, I agree. I've done that. You can also spend time getting your position on the bike better and training in that position over the winter. For every centimetre that you drop at the front end of the bike in terms of frontal resistance, that will save you 10 watts. If you can drop three centimetres and hold it comfortably and be able to run off the back of it, which is something you can practice over the winter, that's 30 watts that you can save and you don't need to and you don't need to earn by the extra training. 30 watts is a lot. A lot. Things like having a clean chain, seven watts. Shaving your legs if you're a man, five watts. All these sort of things. There are there is free speed available that you can get that doesn't need to cost a lot. Mm just need to be smart. Hmm. So training, hard, training harder on your bike and greasing your watts will give you a better bike split. But there are other things that you can do as well as, or instead of, depending on your time, that will also increase your bike split or make it better for you. So you'll have a better race and you'll feel better about yourself. So have we got last one, Oliver? Yes, the last one is... Achieving a fast run split is not necessary. Is not about being a faster runner. And this again sort of feeds back into other things that we've said. So if you are doing a longer distance event, Olympic distance, half Ironman, Ironman event, then your ability to run fast at the end of that, or however you would define fast, is going to be significantly compromised by your ability to swim and your ability to cycle beforehand. Mm. If you are fit at swimming, you'll be fine on the bike. People who run, uh, people who walk most in, in uh, Ironman yep. are the people who have not swam enough. They are not the people who have not cycled enough because people like cycling. Or not run enough. Or not run enough because they'll go out running. It's people who haven't swam enough and they are always playing catch up. 
from that. So swimming is really a basic. You have got to be fit enough to do the distance that you are going to swim. If you are not fit enough, then you will pay for it by probably walking on the run. And if you're unfit at the bike, that will also have an effect because you'll then start using burning matches that you then don't yeah. have for the run. So you don't necessarily have to be a faster runner or run faster to be a fast runner at a triathlon split. You just need to have trained for triathlon. Yes. Yeah. Because we say this all the time. It's triathlon. It's not swimming, biking and running. What you do in the swim affects your bike. What you do on the bike affects your run. So that's why we coach triathlon. And but triathlon's one sport. It's it not is. Three. It's not three. And the more people understand that, the better events they will have. So we hope that you found that brief um, foray into some myth-busting helpful. If you have any other myths that you might have any questions about or any other trading anomalies that you want to ask us about, get in touch through the show notes or through our website or social media. Where we, or we always answer every question that we get given. Yes, we and do. We, even if it takes a long time to answer it, we will get you the answer. Yeah. So thank you very much for listening. We'll see you next time. I've been Coach Oliver. I've been Coach Jackie. And we'll see you. Thank you for joining us today. See you next time. See you then. Or as we say in Yorkshire, see We don't do a lot of adverts for anything really, and certainly not for things that we don't believe in. So this is really unusual for us to say, this is an advert for position one. Yep, I've got to say, they are the most comfortable triathlon clothing that I've ever worn. And also, their chamois cream is to die for. Socks are really comfortable. I'm actually wearing them now, and it's like having slippers on my feet. So we have tested these products for probably the best part of six months and really, really rate them, and they are excellent. You can buy them online at the Position 1 website and use the discount code OLIVER, that's O-L-I-V-E-R, to get 10% off.